1: Welcome back here on Big Blue View for your off-season coverage, part of Big Blue View's audio network. We are your go-to source for New York Giants content, whether it be audio, video, social media, and also our website, which is bigblueview.com. Before we get into today's discussion, folks, make sure you hit that subscribe button and leave us a five-star review if you enjoy listening to the show. Today we are changing pace a little bit as... Free agency is very, very close now. It is going to be coming up next week, meaning we have to be fully mentally prepared to discuss the various names. And before we get to that free agency, we might as well preview some of the names and some of the possibilities, some of the guys that we would like to see on the New York Giants. And today, we're we're starting out with the offensive guys, a, a group of players that some are going to be expensive, some are going to be high-priced players, others might be much more on the cheaper side but guys I think that the one takeaway here before we start naming names is it it feels like if they're going to sign any offensive players it is going to be very receiver heavy considering all that we've talked about this offseason being that the Giants really need a boost on the offensive side of the football particularly in the passing game especially at the receiver position yeah and when Gettleman
2: acknowledged it in the postseason press conference you know it's going to happen I mean the guy has no poker face he basically said yes we're looking to add skill position players to maximize Daniel Jones and big question now is, is that going to be at pick 11 is it going to be at pick 42 or is it going to be one of these high price free agents and another question off of that is how are the Giants going to do that with the cap
3: Yeah. In fact, that might be the question. I wouldn't be at all surprised to see the Giants double dip, sign a free agent wide receiver, and then go back to the position in the draft. Dave Gettleman, he double dips all the time. We saw him basically concentrate an entire draft last year on offensive line and linebacker. He's double dipped multiple times at Carolina. And then the Giants double dipped quite a bit when he was with them prior to becoming the Carolina GM. So yeah, it's in the DNA there, so I, I wouldn't be surprised at all. Just looking at this free agent class, it does at least line up with the Giants' needs. You know, really, on the offensive side of the ball, it's wide receiver or nothing else. There aren't a whole lot of options at offensive line. Uh, I don't know why you would really sign a running back in free agency, especially when you're ca- as cash-strapped as the Giants are right now. Tight end, eh, okay, whatever. But it's pretty much just wide receiver, <laughs> Gettleman
2: triple-dipped back in the 2016 draft when he selected James Bradbury in the second round at 62, but then he went and picked Daryl Worley and Zach Sanchez at a Stanford at 77 and 141, and I believe he's even acknowledged that he doesn't like that strategy of, okay, we're weak at this position, we're going to pour a lot of assets into it, and it didn't really pay off for the Panthers with that specific draft. Yes, Bradbury was a solid starter for them, and he's an excellent starter for the Giants, but Worley and Sanchez both did not work out.
1: And ultimately, uh, you know, we're talking about all these these possible options for them to attack here. Uh, the one thing you also hit on, Nick, previously was the the cap situation. And as of when we're recording this, there is a little bit more room after they got rid of Golden Tate and David Mayo we'll have to see what ends up happening and by the time the show is released there's the potential for more changes to have come right now that current next change appears to be the decision to move on from Kevin Zeitler to some extent trading or cutting him and if they do do that that will open things up for them maybe to attack trying to bring in one of these higher priority receivers Um, and Heading already into it, talking about some of these names, I feel like the the big three fish that we keep hearing about that could it be immediate impact number one guys for this Giants receiver group are Allen Robinson, Kenny Galladay, and Juju Smith-Schuster. For me, it's really
2: just two. It's Allen Robinson and Kenny Galladay. I'm not that interested in Juju Smith-Schuster, mainly because he's a big slot receiver. And we talked about this on, on this podcast, man. We want Sterling Shepard in the slot. We don't want Juju in the slot. Juju had... A lot of production with Antonio Brown next to him. For me, it's really just Allen Robinson and Kenny Galladay. And I really love both of those receivers. I think they would be excellent on this offense. I don't know if either are going to be available because of the franchise tag. I don't know if Allen Robinson's going to want to go and play for a relatively unproven quarterback in Daniel Jones, because that's all he's played with his entire career. As for Kenny Galladay, I don't even know if they're going to let him out of Detroit.
3: Yeah, I I think that's kind of it. Allen Robinson, you know, he played with Blake Bortles and he played with Mitch Trubisky. Does he maybe want to try to hang around Chicago, just in case maybe they could swing that Russell Wilson trade that seems to be at least rumored right now. And then Washington, or Washington, Detroit, I don't know why they would let Kenny Galladay go if they have the option of keeping him. Kind of bad enough you just lost Matt Stafford. You you want to give Goff at least something to work with. So... I do think we should at least keep an eye on Juju Smith-Schuster, just in case there is that double-dipping strategy in play where maybe the Giants do have an eye towards moving on from Sterling Shepard. He has been dinged up lately. He had all those concussions a year ago. He missed time this year. Maybe they... Do look to try to get out of his contract. And then you have Juju Smith-Schuster there who could step into the slot. He's a little bit younger, a little bit bigger. And maybe if you do get a Kyle Pitts or Jalen Waddell or Rashad Bateman in the draft, you could have that X receiver still, and then a potential upgrade, or at least get a little bit younger and healthier in the slot.
1: And honestly, these, these moves here that we're talking about, these names it might not be entirely feasible for them to, as you guys both have highlighted here, for them to end up with one of these big dogs that could be approaching a a salary of maybe close to $20 million a year. And if if we're looking back at the history of what Dave Gettleman's done so far with the Giants, it seems like he has tried to bank on upside of some more middle-tier guys, and we're going to end up hitting on that, but... Before we get to it, the other name that, Chris, you wanted to toss into the ring here was Trey Turner, who apparently, per Adam Schefter, is being shopped by the Chargers. There's a potential that he is he is cut and the Giants could sign him. If they move on from Kevin Zeitler, that could be uh, a potential option to replace him along the Giants offensive line.
3: Yeah, you know, we don't really know what's going on with the Giants guard positions right now. And as much resources, as many resources as the, as the Giants have poured into that offensive line, I don't know that they can afford to have it take a step back if they do decide to move on from Kevin Zeitler. You know, perhaps they could try Will Hernandez or Shane Lemieux over at that right guard spot. Maybe they could look in, in the draft. Uh, I... Don't think any of us here would really object to seeing Wyatt Davis line up at right guard for the Giants. Maybe having Tri Turner, that could be on the radar, especially if he does get released. He's a little bit younger than Zeitler. I think he's either 27 or 29, so he's just on the right side of that 30 mark. And you know that could be a little bit of an upgrade while keeping a veteran presence. Yeah, he's 27 years old. He'll be 28 I believe at the
2: start of this season, and I just wonder what exactly is going on with him and the Chargers, a team that has a lot of cap space, and he's an effective player. I don't know if it's something to do with his character or w- what
3: exactly is the issue, but it does seem like he might be on his way out. Yeah, that's a question you always have to ask as well. But sitting here, I don't, I don't think any of us can answer it. So it would just have, we just have to wait and see what happens there.
1: Well, now yeah. heading our direction here to talking about some of these medium. Uh, range guys. We're going to start that discussion. We've got three interesting receivers that we're going to discuss. I think that they're all pretty good options for the Giants receivers needs. Before we do, though, we're just going to take a really short commercial break. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles. We win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. So now getting into a group that I think makes a lot more sense for the Giants' current cap situation, what they're willing to spend. They're probably, despite opening up their cap, they're probably not going to be willing to close that cap back up again by signing a 18 million dollar a year receiver so the other guys the ones that continually being floated out in this category Curtis Samuel is a big name that we continue to hear because of that connection to Dave Gettleman uh, back when he was with the Carolina Panthers Will Fuller is a fun option who when healthy is very very fast and explosive and then Corey Davis has yet to hit his full potential has not really played up to the expectation of being a top-five pick, but still has a lot of traits that could turn himself into being, as I said earlier, a high-upside type guy that you sign him to a three-year deal, it's not a huge, huge contract. And if he plays the way that he was supposed to when he was coming into the into the league as a rookie, then that's a, a huge hit. That's a huge um, impact for your, for your offense.
3: Yeah, I think of these three guys, Davis more or less checks the most boxes for the Giants. He doesn't have the connections. Sorry, he doesn't have the connections to to the Giants, but he's got the frame. He's got the top five pedigree. He's got that upside the Giants like to bank on. So if you could get that potential out of him, that could wind up being a home run of a signing. The problem is, is that he hasn't played that well so far, and he played better when... The Titans brought in Ryan Tannehill and then when A.J. Brown kind of exploded onto the scene. But, you know, the Giants don't have an A.J. Brown to line up across from him. Corey Davis would have to be the guy. And, you know, can he be the guy?
2: I think the interesting thing, too, Chris and Joe, about Corey Davis is, yes, he was drafted in the top five back in 2017, came into the league with an injury. But that team, the entire identity of the Tennessee Titans since he arrived there was around the football pound the rock, you know, we have Derek Henry, we're going to run it right down your throat. So he never really got that opportunity to see double digit targets all that often. It was kind of sparse, you know what I'm saying? And then AJ Brown comes in. AJ Brown is just a superior player than Corey Davis. So he wasn't in the ideal situation to kind of hit a groove and really you kind of get going as a professional, but he's six foot three, two hundred and nine pounds, and he shows a lot of quality receiving traits. The issue is this year, he just disappeared at times, disappeared in that Packers game. He disappeared in that Chicago game. He disappeared in the wild card game against Baltimore. That might actually drive his price down in the current cap state of the NFL. And I think with the upside of him being a 26 year old, someone who just turned 26, I would not mind a medium, you know, two, three year deal, something modest but, you know, respectable to bring someone like Corey Davis in. And then I also love the Curtis Samuel call as well. The thing about Wolf Fuller, he's going to be suspended for the first week. I mean, that's not going to deter you from signing him, but he was uh, caught doing steroids along with a defensive back of the Houston Texans as well. Love Wolf Fuller, but he's never been healthy other than the one season where he was on steroids and then Curtis Samuel I think he could really help the rushing attack I think he can be just that gadget player by the line of scrimmage and I think he has intriguing vertical qualities that he's kind of developed through his first rookie contract that he can kind of extrapolate upon with the Giants and
3: hopefully he could turn into a more deep receiving threat with Jason Garrett now I think the question with Curtis Samuel is do you spend the money to sign him or do you look in the draft? Cause there are quite a few similar players in the draft this year. You've got uh, Kadarius Toney, Tony uh, Jalen Waddle could fill that role. Uh, Demetric Felton, uh, Dwayne Eskridge, Rondell Moore. Uh, and I'm sure there are others who are slipping my, you know, just slipping my mind at the Key moment, from, but
2: the kids in South Dakota state
3: too. Okay. Yes. Johnson. Yep. Kate yep. Johnson. Mm-hmm. So, you know, this year, there's actually, if if you look at that kind of wide receiver running back hybrid, this is actually a pretty deep class for that hybrid gadget player position.
1: Yeah, there's definitely some interesting opportunities there for them at receiver if they choose to. Again, we're talking about all the different variable opportunities, especially with talking about Curtis Samuel. I think again, ultimately though, with these guys, what you get out of it, you're probably not going to get somebody who can turn into your your number one go-to threat. They have the potential to, but uh, especially Curtis Samuel, I don't know if he's really going to be that guy, or more so just an an offensive weapon on your team that is a very explosive player. Um, you know, some of these various names, though, as we've said, I think that you could bring them in and they could turn out to be like Blake Martinez or James Bradbury, who are Turn out to be top five players at their position um, just with a change of scenery and in this new regime under Joe Judge. Now I want to I wrap us up, though, with talking about some bargain bin guys. And this is where things get interesting and something that we've also seen some decent success, uh, more so last year in last year's free agency class, of signing guys that aren't really necessarily bigger names, uh, signing them to really short-term cheap deals, and then them playing way above the that expectation of just being a, a roster spot and instead being at least a, a contributor. So guys, who do you think are some good bargain bin names that uh, Giants fans should be aware of? I think one that's interesting is a
2: veteran receiver. It's not going to be overly sexy, but He's the kind of receiver that I feel like would really fit into what Jason Garrett wants out of the prototype X type of guy that we always talk about. And that's Kenny Galladay's teammate last year, Marvin Jones, someone who can run go routes, who can jump up, use his body, high point balls, pluck away from his frame, bring it, secure it. And he's just a dangerous red zone, third down type of weapon. Now, he's not the most explosive athlete anymore, but he can still win in those jump ball situations. He's somebody that
3: definitely comes to mind for me. Yeah. Uh for me, I've I kind of threw down the two young, potentially inexpensive receivers. Uh Brashad Perriman, originally drafted by the Ravens, you know, first round pick, never really lived up to that, but you know, he does at least have some traits that you can take a swing at. And also Rashad Higgins, who you know, the Giants do tend to look at players who have good games against them. And last year, Higgins had the second-best game of his season against the Giants. I think he caught, uh, I believe it was four or five targets. He had his second-best yards per catch average, uh, second-deepest average depth of target. So that, I think, could be a name to keep track of. Also, just to double back at the offensive line, maybe Julian Davenport, Patrick Graham should at least be familiar with him from his time in Miami. If the Giants need a swing tackle or somebody to compete for that right tackle job, Davenport is still young. He's got ridiculous, I think 36 and a half inches. He's got some pretty good movement skills. Yeah, He only played like 55 snaps last year, but... At the very least, he's got the size and the traits to take a chance on where if he is your sixth offensive lineman, you could probably do worse than that.
2: I also think two more receivers to throw in there would be Keelan Cole and David Moore the guy from the Seattle Seahawks who was kind of lost up there with Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf. Now he's not going to be somebody who's just going to step in and be a number one receiver, but it's just a quality football player who's young that you can add at a discount price who can come in and contribute for
3: you. I think both of them kind of fall into that category. Yeah, I think that is kind of an important category to have and keep stocked because the Giants do love to churn over the back end of their roster. They are constantly either signing or releasing or, you know, They are looking for the best possible guys for that bottom third of their roster. And those guys do come in and contribute. You know, we saw Austin Mack, you know, get some time on the field. Uh, They have to do whatever they can to keep their special teams competitive. And you never know what's going to happen with injuries.
1: And Special teams seemingly is always going to be a priority with this team because of Joe Judge, and it seems like that's the the reoccurring joke here, is that because of Joe Judge, former special teams coordinator, there's always going to be an emphasis on quality team players that are going to go out there and bust their ass on special teams and compete for roster spots like that. I mean, hell, Nate Ebner probably had no right being on the Giants roster and had to play some safety, but he stuck around because of his background as a special teams player. And Hell, I would not be shocked if there ends up being another signing of a similar Um, style this upcoming free agency period. So that's a really good point that you bring up here, Chris. Are there any final guys that we think that maybe we want to bring up before we wrap up today's show that maybe we didn't discuss as far as some of these cheaper guys? I know Gabe Jackson and Richie Incognito's name as offensive guards, they've
2: come up Throughout Giants Twitter, just because it's a little bit uncertain what's going on with the guard position, as we've alluded to earlier in the show, is Kevin Zeitler going to be released? Do we actually trust a Shane Lemieux-Will Hernandez combination going into the 2021 season? I mean, could they be solid? Possibly, but it's definitely something you'd want to upgrade over. So with the Giants want to entertain that? just mean aggressive type of mentality that both Jackson and incognito more so incognito really (laughs) kind of have I mean I think definitely it it interests me it does because you know with someone like Richie incognito it probably wouldn't be a huge deal. The guy's 38 years old. He's been playing forever. He just loves to ball and he's going to bring that edge that Nick Gates already has. It'll be a really mean (laughs) offensive line for Daniel Jones. I would love to see that, to be honest, but we'll have to wait and see. I think those are just two interesting names. I'm not sure where Gabe Jackson, who used to be one of the best guards. I'm not sure where he's gauged right now in the NFL. I haven't watched too much of Las Vegas Raiders tape, but it seems like he's kind of taking a step back. So could he be had on a discount? I guess we'll have to see. I'm not certain about it, but it's still a name to monitor.
3: Yeah, and as we were talking before the show, you also brought up DJ Fluker. You know, maybe the Giants could say, you know, we're sorry we let you go in the first place. How, how'd you like a new contact? Yeah, he's 30. He is a ginormous dude. Uh, Ed has told me several times that he is the physically largest human being he has ever personally seen, at least until uh, Dexter Lawrence was drafted. So you, you never know what's going to happen with guys like that after 30, but at least to this point, Flueger can still run block. He is still just a warrior out there. And I know pretty much every writer who goes into that media room loved him. So that would at least be good public relations for the giants.
2: Yeah, I've heard a lot of great things about his character, and he was on the Baltimore Ravens this year, one of the better-running teams in the NFL, and he was a starter for them. And there could be ties with Joe Judge from their time at Alabama as well, so there might be a connection there. I would welcome that with open arms.
1: So ultimately, there are some interesting names, and we we kind of created a, a good spectrum here. Um, per usual, we'll probably get shocked with some crazy name that we weren't expecting, uh, as has happened in the past under Dave Gettleman. We will provide reaction, of course, during free agency once we know who the guys that have been signed are we additionally will be doing a defensive show coming out soon um this week folks thanks for tuning in be sure to hit that subscribe button leave us a five-star review follow us on social media at joe de um at raptor mkii and nick can you remind me what your handle is again yeah, I'm the most creative person on Twitter. It's just at Nick Fulano. See, I, that's what I thought it was. I didn't want to jump the gun and, and mess it up. But at Nick Filato for Nick uh, and also at Big Blue View. And head to BigBlueView.com for more Giants news and announcements.